this is going to be a fun one. It's good to be back. Silly is that? What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on 8-Bit, powered by our pals at Audio Technica. My name is Matt Tilby, and I am joined by the Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili of 8-Bit. I'll let you decide who is who. It's John O'Peck and Brendan White. Boys, a COVID test, thrush, you couldn't keep me back. I'm back, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Bingo! He's back. Nothing can hold you down, Tilby, and that's why we like keeping you around. You got that fighting spirit, that never say die attitude, and uh, <laughs> you're a motivation and inspiration to all of us out there. Yes, thank you very much. And just uh, like Devin Booker. Yes, he's uh, he's he's fighting strong. Actually, I, f- I feel more in, in tune with uh, Mr. Chris Paul now. I know what he's been going through um, with his, uh, his his COVID test. But uh, yeah, as of today, uh, at the time of recording, ladies and gentlemen, I am now in quarantine. Uh, should be fine, but yeah, no symptoms. We'll see what happens. But we do have a lot of basketball to get into, and. Uh, well, let's just, we'll kick it off. I'd say let's kick it off actually with the east side of things. Um, the Atlanta Hawks currently 2-1 down to the Milwaukee Bucks. Of course, the the Bucks perhaps, I guess, uh, coming through arguably one of the best playoff series in, in recent memory, uh, outlasting the superstar Brooklyn Nets in a seven-game thriller. Brendan, this was, this felt like two heavyweight boxes going 12 rounds with each other. Yeah, they were uh, they were punch drunk by the end of this one. Like it was it was a great series, and uh, you know you wouldn't say they're lucky to have won it. Like obviously it ended up going to overtime. What was it four two in overtime? I think if I remember yeah, correct, low scoring overtime. It was a slobber knocker. But uh, <laughs> by the end of it, like yeah. poor old KD, he played every single minute in Game Seven, and you could see he played every single minute in Game Seven during that uh, that overtime because poor old. Uh, uh, you know, sniper. He was uh, he was looking very very tired. He didn't have much uh, loft in those legs, and that last jump shot he took was a bit rough. But uh, yeah, I think everyone. Oh no, I think no. Let me double back. Everyone bar JP, if I recall, was predicting the uh, the Nets to make it to the promised land and ultimately mm-hmm. win it all. Uh, crashed and burned. But uh, Australia's finest, apparently. Uh, he he went with <laughs> Milwaukee, and uh, he's yeah. still in the game. Also went with the Lakers, so they can't all be winners. <laughs> My goodness gracious. But you know what? I think the Bucks were lucky. You said that they weren't lucky, but I think they were very lucky that Kyrie got hurt and that James Harden got hurt because if, if that Nets team was healthy, they, they looked like they could have swept the Bucks. Like It took KD having like some of the best games of his career mm. with no help to kind of get those wins. And... You know, if the Bucks could only just beat them without those those guys on the team in in the pantheon of like great memorable playoff games, like Game Five for KD facing a large deficit, you know, pretty much by himself plays. Well, he played literally the the entire game then as well, didn't he? Like, where do you think this stands in in the sort of the history of sort of great playoff moments? It was it was pretty impressive what KD was doing out there because as JP said, like he got 
little to no support from anybody. Like Harden came back for six and seven, games, yeah. and you could barely you could see he was like fifty percent of what Harden could do. Like his his offense was non-existent. He was still distributing and getting some good dimes, but yeah, poor old KD with the weight of Brooklyn on his back, he just couldn't carry it all the way. And and it's funny, like if he had slightly smaller feet, they would have won it Ooh. in overtime. <laughs> but because he, he's got them big. Uh, them big feats, those shoes were just touching that three-point line on that that game tying, which could have been a game-winning shot. So uh, it was a, yeah. a great shot, but the the KD fourteens, they he'll be having a chat to Nike to uh, well, saw, appara- saw apparently, them off the apparently he he likes he gets his shoes a size up because he likes the feeling of almost like wearing a slipper. So they're actually yeah. a size bigger than what he actually traditionally runs, from what I've I've heard around the traps. So imagine if he went with the snug fit, I might have been behind that three line and would have been telling a different story right now. Exactly, but uh, yeah, like especially this is obviously a season coming back from you know that uh, that injury he suffered uh, with the Warriors. So like for him to come back and have the season he's been having, it's almost like he barely missed a step. So. Um, it's been great for him, but uh, yeah, the Bucks have been, you know, they they looked at times like they were, uh, you know, gonna be falling out of this one. But uh, yeah, Giannis, he's uh, he's rolling on, and this could perhaps be his and uh, well, we should say Coach Bud's best chance to uh, to win a ring because there were so many times when I thought that uh, Bud was was pretty much done. Mm. Yeah, they've looked like broken at times and some of that's I think I said on the last episode the way that Bud hasn't steered Giannis towards the right kind of play when he stopped shooting threes and started doing his best impression of Shaq was when they started to look a bit more aggressive and assertive against the Nets so I think that's what they need to do they need to play to Giannis' strengths which isn't dribbling and shooting threes uh, even if he's open really he just needs to get down low and go 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 he, as they say <laughs> well go where he's un- go do what, what he's unstoppable at which is basically like using those long arms to reach over well I think and, yeah um, as well with- do the do the space jam Jordan dunk at the end of the of the movie he probably know? could given how long his arms are but I mean the fact that he's got Chris Middleton there who was we, we love the term you know Robin to his to Giannis's Batman here on Hoop Dreams but um, he's been he's been playing quite well as well obviously even today it was what 39 points in a 30, yeah, in the, the, the wind to take them 2-1 up he's been the real sort of solid foil for Giannis and like you said the way that Giannis has been probably getting more to the line it, it sort of opens up that space more for uh, Middleton so yeah a good one-two punch for them and you know for the Hawks on their side they are really I don't know whether they shocked the world by getting past those sixes but oh they did they did yeah I didn't give them a chance no I did my meme joke about like one of these players will win a championship this year and it was you know James Harden Chris Paul Paul George, Joe Ingles. I didn't even mention anyone on the Hawks because <laughs> I just didn't give them a chance to get. Yeah. Well, you to you the guys finals. both didn't give them a chance to get past them New York the Knickerbockers. Knicks. Yeah, exactly. Well, I I, I believed. I, <laughs> I I put it into you know I thought Randall was actually going to 
play after game 72 and he just basically shut off after then yeah. you got the silverware I, you know I'm, I'm good for the year I'm good I'm fine you'd, you'd be pretty happy as a Knicks fan right now wouldn't oh, you yeah. you'd be thinking like alright we, we took a game against the team that's <laughs> gone to the conference finals like that's mm. pretty good like yeah and then I mean I did certainly didn't foresee uh, Ben Simmons having perhaps the biggest meltdown of any player since I've been watching like and and we'll talk about you know the the ramifications of what might happen um later down the line in a special segment that Jono will be uh i guess chairing on that one but what what do you think has happened to him what's gone wrong with simmons yeah confidence he's just not confident i i, I think i can't remember if it was doris burke or one of the great uh, women that's reporting in the nba on a podcast i was listening to said that if he wanted to, he could shoot thirty-three percent from three. Like he's he's got that shot, but he's not satisfied with that as a shooting percentage. So he just doesn't even take the threes at all. Just take the threes. Like you hit thirty percent and just take them. Like you have to, you have to be more aggressive, especially when you're getting paid like a superstar. You need to show up and you need to make other teams actually be attentive to what you're doing on offense but the, the three can just the three is one thing though john like yeah fanning, but they go pass under the hoop for a free throw like but it goes yeah okay so it goes hand in hand it's confidence as well like he's he's not confident he's he doesn't want to like just say he's scared that's what he is he's he scared. does yeah, he doesn't well, have the killer instinct yeah and to, to not even be able to go for a gimme at the hoop because you Trey Young is the one in front of you that's maybe going to foul you. Like, first of all, could have dunked it on Trey Young yeah. and, and and got fouled. I could have and... dunked it on Trey Young. Like, <laughs> he is a very slight human being. Yeah, let's not get crazy. But um, hey, <laughs> Brendan's been hiding his fifty-inch vertical from us. <laughs> um, but yeah, like t- to avoid free throws and just like to see the lack of scoring he had across every fourth quarter yeah in that, series. that was that was grim it's like whew, like if if this guy's not doing it and you're having to look at seth curry who's a great shooter but to look at seth curry as your second option in crunch time it's just not gonna be enough no. and if they got to the if they got to the conference finals after that it would have felt like these guys are getting swept or they're gonna get swept by the suns or by the the clip like they just didn't they just don't have it they just don't get it with that with that mentality and not seeing you know in a similar way that um over on the nets like the those role players that we've counted on all year like joe harris when your role players aren't able to step up for whatever reason apart from seth curry you just really do need your superstars to put everyone on their back and go like I'm not letting you lose this game. Like, like KD that's tried the, to. <laughs> like what KD did, exactly. And like what Giannis is is able to do and what Chris Middleton did today. And Even Drew Holiday's had a... Like he's been a dumpster yeah. fire the rest of the series, but he's had one game where he was cooking for 30. <clears throat> yep. And Chris Paul, like even if his shots aren't landing every single game, like he'll get you 12 assists or, or he'll make that pass that just needles it through the defense to get an easy bucket in crunch time because he's just going to do what it takes. And you didn't see that from Ben Simmons. He's not that type of player. And it's everyone's dumping on him. 
I feel a little bit bad for him, but I don't. But it, it, this is the thing: like, has he been miscast? Was he just never the player that we wanted him to be? Was he never the player that we thought he could be? It, he doesn't. The, the thing is, he doesn't seem to care. He really doesn't. He, just, he's he's made his John Cash. This out till we, you know, he's yeah. he got amongst he got amongst the Kardashians. He's, he's made his his actual money, and it's it's not often you see a first overall or a high draft pick not develop further from that year they were drafted like his offensive game almost feels like it's gone backwards the last year or so or it's idle you know it's, he hasn't yeah. taken any leaps like yeah there was the big song and dance when he nailed that three and it's like oh my god he's turned a corner what's next when nothing's next it makes a three yeah. give a big high five god <laughs> but yeah he's he, like i don't think he's been miscast i think it's just the world's been made more aware like on the big moments like in the regular season you can probably skate by on on just dishing around getting a few gimmies under the hoop and whatnot and just let Embiid mm. and, and Harris be your main uh your main boys getting your points but because Harris was sort of falling off in that fourth quarter and it was Embiid was fatigued after you know some some pretty heavy minutes and the constant injury risk with him um yeah they needed him to step up and he did nothing what was it he took he took what five total shots in five or was it no, three? Less. Was it, it even was lower less. than like, five? It was no it was more like than that. Four shots or something, yeah. Yeah, across seven, seven games game. in fourth quarters, he yeah it was like under half and, a dozen shots, and that's not what you want from a guy you're paying max money to. Yeah. With all the talent in the world, and that's the thing. Like, it's not that he's too small. Like, he's one of the biggest men on the court. Any times he plays. And he's one of the most athletic men on the court anytime he plays. And he just doesn't use those God-given abilities to, to assert his dominance. Because when he's, when he's dominant, like, and he's driving to the hoop and stuff, he's a beast. Mm. But he's just scared. Mm. Yeah, I think that complacency has set in, especially, you know, the, the defensive part of his game is obviously well-documented. And it's it's solid. Like, there's there's a reason why he was nominated for Defensive Player of the Year. But... You know, you can't rest on your laurels in the NBA. You have to be ever changing. You have to be ever developing. And I think that, you know, there's no no amount of Call of Duty or Penfolds ads that he could be in that would, you know, that wouldn't change that. Like he he needs to keep developing, and or else he'll continue to be Shaq's butt of the jokes. Like he said, if if I was in the if I was playing and you know, I was in the locker room with Ben Simmons, I'd have knocked his ass out. Like. You don't like, want to shut up, Shaq. Yeah, like Shaq. Yeah, Shaq, shut up. It's, like, it's probably true, though. Like, well, yeah. If, if it was like that much pressure in a game and he was Embiid and, you well, know, yeah. Shaq, Shaq's someone that has been fouled and been forced to hit free throws and he, he hit him when he had to, well, like, yeah. a lot of the time. And we shouldn't we shouldn't forget the, the fact that... He didn't that he, run away. Well, yeah, he didn't run away, but of course now Shaq does not have the worst playoff free throw percentage in NBA history. Like that's a really damning <laughs> indictment. I don't think you can un- understate that. Yeah. Um, yeah, God, I I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, like, you know what would have helped these guys. I just need to get a chance to lay the boot into another team. Is the Carl Lowry sweepstakes at the trade deadline? My God, the three teams that said no, nah, we can't give away one of these ancillary pieces. They're all gone. Sucked in, you cheap <laughs> bastards. Sucked. So in. Who, who was it? So it's Miami. The Lakers, the Lakers and Philly and Philly. Well, there you I go. didn't realize the Lakers were ever on the table. Yeah, that. they were in there, and they did. They didn't want to give up old Taylor Horton Tucker, who is a nothing piece, nothing oh, piece. Very popular with the Lakers fans. I don't know oh, why yeah. he sucks. 
Because he had one good preseason game, and yeah. they all went, "Whoa!" But it's the same it's like the with Caruso Miami theory. <laughs> with Miami, like they didn't want to give up Tyler Hero, who kind of sucks. Like this season, he's, he's been rough. The season, playoffs, yeah. he was non-existent. Yeah. So yeah, I understand that in. though. Like giving up a young player for someone that's got two years left. Yeah, but on. it's the whole bird in the hand type of thing. It's like you know they weren't the, going to make the finals just because they had Kyle Lowry. Oh, they could have. Well, they made the finals <laughs> last year with that same team. Hey, we yeah. might make the finals with Chris Paul. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's let's do the um, trade me with Ben Simmons now. Let's let's not wait. You let's sure you want to get you want to get it out? Let's get it out of the way. <laughs> All right, so we're we're switching up, ladies and gentlemen. You shush. way too many times lately it's so good i think my favorite part of that whole jingle is the wow, wow. The end, <laughs> we, we made yeah. jonah get his guitar and everything or is this something later that's uh, that's for later that's okay later. cool all right well look we we're sticking with uh the ben simmons talk as we move into a very special uh part of trade me and uh boys there's been rumblings obviously after the game seven whether he stays, whether he goes, given his teammates and his coach were... He is gone, man. Let's when, say. <laughs> when Philly fans are ready to drive him to the airport. They're honking <laughs> on the horn out the front of his house, telling him to chuck his bags in the boot and they'll put him on a mystery flight out well, of Philly. <laughs> Doc Rivers has said, look, I'm, I'm changing my tune a little bit. You know, he's, he's, a, he's a, a, a big part of our, of our game plan. Too late, you know, man. Daryl Mo- Well, here's the thing. Here's what I think. I think his trade value is so shot he can't be traded. Oh, he, he will. He can be anybody can be yeah. traded. They won't trade him straight away though cuz you're right, this is the worst possible time to do it. I think they need to get him into training camp. He's apparently going to work on his game, give him like till the All-Star break essentially or halfway through that that period to see if it's worked if he has developed all those skills that he should have already developed by now and if he hasn't the stink of the playoffs won't be quite as potent and I think they'll be able to find someone that's a bit more desperate themselves to be like yeah if we get Ben Simmons this year then we might have what it takes to uh, you know make a push for the playoffs or so to you, make you a push think he's more like a, like a like a transfer like a, a trade deadline sort of uh, piece yeah maybe not quite a deadline because players that big don't tend to go at the deadline so much it's it's more like you know when Melo and James Harden and these big names were traded it was kind of I I feel like in my memory it was more like a December January like a quarter of the way through the season yeah like uh this isn't working let's get you let's get rid of you blow it up before we yeah. yeah so long enough to see like whether it's you know he's a different player and also yeah like I said to get the stink off from the playoffs because at the moment everyone like can you imagine the offers they would be getting at the moment that like even like some of the things that fans are throwing out there they're like do you think we can get Simmons for you know like uh, uh, like 
what's his name? Like, <laughs> you're not even giving us a team to throw players at you from. No, like, you that's, get... that's how low his stock has gone. You can't <laughs> really win. We get Simmons for Jeff Teague and the first round pick. Oh my god. <laughs> It's that's, like, see, that's no, Jason I don't Grossi. think you can get him for Jeff Teague. Oh, man. But okay. I think I think he's still got some value. It's definitely oh, lower definitely. than Peak Simmons. And I think he's, he's still, gone. I think yeah. he's gone by the season commencement. I think he could be gone earlier than that. I think the fact that not only the number one player in the team he plays for and Embiid dragged him publicly... But Doc the Croc Rivers also dragged him, his goddamn head coach. I think, you know, that's that's two two things. And even as Ben, like I'd be like, I know it's it's a lot of it's on him, but getting publicly like hung out to dry like that's a bit rough. Like he might be wanting out. Yeah. yeah. So maybe there's a bit of like, all right, it didn't work. Let's 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 retool. Let's get me out of here into a situation that works for both of us. And I'm my first trade I've got going here is. Uh, a bit of, bit of dirty socks for a bit of dirty underwear in a way. So I'm going to send Ben Simmons over to the Golden State Warriors where he could potentially play as a, you know, as a, you know, a, a distributor from, from, the, uh, from the front court, something like that. He could synergize in there, not have to worry about scoring too much. So my thought process is Ben Simmons for Andrew Wiggins and the seventh overall pick. Wow. Okay. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, that sounds doable. I don't know if the salary the, sa- the salary is matched. Like Wiggins is Wiggins is on just a shade under thirty million, and, and Simmons is on just a shade over thirty million. So the salaries match. Chuck in because obviously Golden State have got the seventh and the fourteenth overall pick this year. If the seventh is too rich, chuck the fourteen in, and if you need to add another young piece as a sweetener, do it. But I think a starting five of Curry, Thompson, Green, Simmons, and then uh, whoever you're rolling out as, as the five and maybe it's Wiseman. Wiseman yeah. Or if you put Draymond at the five and play, I don't know if you call it small boy anymore because, you know, Simmons is a big boy going in there too. I think that starting five could uh, defensively on its own is pretty filthy. And then you've got that's, some shooting yeah. there. I think that's that like works. The, that's like the death lineup. Like Because he, he's yeah. basically... He, he, well, the death lineup from a few years ago, like... He's basically a rich man's um, uh, Sean Livingston. Mm. Like he's playing defense and not hitting. He doesn't have the offensive game that Sean Livingston had, which is saying a lot. But um, yeah, just his ability to take some of the ball handling off Curry to let Curry, like you still got to let Curry cook with the ball and go ISO, but he can maybe um, not have to bring the ball up every time and get hounded down the court by Patrick Beverly you know, for those eight seconds or whatever it is. I could see that working. Mm. Uh, I don't know if Philly would be, like, depends on what other offers they get, but I feel like Philly's window is narrow to win because Embiid is fantastic, but he's broken like every other year when it comes to the end of the season. Even this year, he, you know, had the knee injury, whatever it was. I don't really remember hearing specifically if there was something diagnosed but he wasn't 100 percent. so i don't know if leaving that they'd have a hole at point guard they'd have to basically use that draft pick. well they to... use that on davian mitchell the most pro-ready point guard in the draft at seven he's 22 so he's an older rookie coming in mm. just won the championship with baylor he's a pit bull on defense can distribute can score yeah that's that that's like my thoughts fit. here yeah yeah 
It's okay. possible. Not if he's bad. ready to go into the finals, because that's what they would be hoping to do. Mm. Very good. All right. I approve of that trade. I don't really have one. Uh, this was your idea to do the trade me, um, Brendan. <laughs> I just like to you talk threw, trades. You in. threw me out of, a, out of a loop with this one. I have, what? Look, I have one. I have one trade. I have a trade that's what I don't want to happen. So let me okay. throw that one out Let's quickly. I don't want Zach Levine to be traded for uh, for Ben Simmons. Yeah, the rumblings for him to be traded was, was yeah. pretty big as well. As much as I've been critical of Levine as being the, a number one option or a number one player, I'd, I'd prefer to have Levine over Ben Simmons easily. I would too, man. Yeah, for sure. That's it. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, like, f- forever we've said defense wins championships. Like, if, if you have a, the best defense, then you're going to win. But the way the league is now, especially the last few years, and watching teams like the Nets and the Hawks, it's like, no, <laughs> defense is gr- is is going to get you really far. But a, a good offense versus a good defense, the offense is going to... Yeah, win. Yeah, basically. Sure. I got one yes. more. I'll throw at you after you do your one, Tilby. Yeah. Okay. Look, you, you did previously just mention Carl Lowry. Um, going to he wants to free agent. He's a free agent. We wants can to, sign and uh, trade him. Exactly. I think that's what's going to happen. It's a sign and trade between the Toronto Raptors and the Philadelphia 76ers. Obviously, Toronto would probably have to add a little bit of a sweetener in there, perhaps a, a second round draft pick or a, an ancillary player, but. Look, I'm on the uh, the trade machine. The salaries are almost identical somehow. Um, That's going to be expiring though. That whatever contract he's listed as on the trade machine is not going to be the one that he signs as a sign and trade. I don't think. But think of <laughs> the, th- think of the storyline. <laughs> the storyline's great. But, just to, uh... just to like annoy Brendan. <laughs> Truth be told, if if we got Simmons and still held on to our fourth overall pick, I'd be I'd be happy as no nah, you gotta give up the, you gotta give up the fourth pick no friggin' way then it's no <laughs> you, you jerry ain't ain't messing with that juju if it was a future first yeah lotto protected or something yeah but that fourth overall pick for us which we haven't talked about mind you um, we probably is, will in, in in bits yeah is uh is a very special special thing that's going to help right some wrongs from this year but yeah i wouldn't be too upset if simmons went across like philly getting lowry would would help them he can defend not not to the level of Simmons but he can give him some offense at least and and distribute that rock and if we had to chuck in like say Malachi Flynn who was our first round pick last year who's a who's a young guard that could that could jump across with him I'd, I'd be down for it like I think Simmons is salvageable that's for sure I don't think he's damaged goods and can't can't get some kind of value and be a player in this league he's still so young oh yeah, yeah. that's the issue is that he's so young and Lowry's basically done so it's not really a one for one, and that's why you would have to throw in whatever <laughs> throw in some draft pieces, picks, quite like, a bit. You throw like you've got what? Take uh, Gary Trent Jr. Trent Jr. Take him. DeAndre Bembry, Utah. He, he probably needs a fresh start after <laughs> coming back from the. <laughs> He's dead. still seeing ghosts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, look, it's it's a possibility. Look, we all know that uh, Lowry's from from Philadelphia. He wants to go home, but uh, you know, think about it. What if you had to give up Fred, Freddie? Oh. Freddie and, and Kyle. Ooh. See you, Freddie. Later, oh, brother. Really? Yeah. Wow. O- opens up so much cap space for us so then we can sign another free agent to plug in straight away. Yeah, Let me, I'm going to try that right now. And see it won't we work. Like, we'd need to balance. Like, it'd have to be like a three-way trade or something because yeah. Freddie and Kyle would be 
55 million or something between yeah, themselves. It's 51 million for both Lowry and Van Vliet. Yeah, too spicy. But this That's is th- but this is the thing. If if Lowry does a sign and trade, he could sign for like $3 million and get traded. As if he's going to jump that But it, he'd, he'd want, like, from the word is he but, wants, like like a Paul-esque deal or a tier, tier under where he who's wants... Gonna, who wants to pay Kyle Lowry $20 million or Many teams million. will. You would be Many a, teams will. Many teams uh, would want to pay the same for Chris Paul at this know. point in time. So, <laughs> I, I, I'm, saying, I'm not saying he's only worth $3 million. I think he's worth a lot more. But I think that he goes, to get me on the team that I want to be on and have another chance at a championship, whether it's Philly or... You know the Lakers or whatever. I can mm. see him being like, "Yeah, give me that vet min." He's. So I, can... I reckon he's going to get it. Probably a healthy twenty million. All right, this will be interesting. Yep. We shall wait and see. Put that on the board. And the last quick trade, <laughs> JP. You mentioned that the 76ers are looking for offense. So I don't know how uh, Mr. Bradley Beal's feeling over in Washington these days <laughs> after making the playoffs. But maybe, maybe he's still open to getting out of the out of the, the capital there and um, Ben Simmons Matisse Thibault their young defensive stopper who uh, got some all defensive team nominations and love uh, him Ben Simmons and I'm assuming they're going to have to chuck in a first to make it because Beal's value is still yeah. up here so Simmons Thibault and a first for Bradley Beal works like in the it. trade machine and I, like I think it works both teams that's a really good one what about Westbrook? He hates um, Philly and Joel Embiid, but wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Could you imagine? NBA yeah. Twitter would go nuclear. That is insane. Yeah, yeah. but who knows? Maybe because obviously there's there's unrest in uh, in Portland now. Who knows where Dame's going to end up as well? That's the other question. There's a lot Ooh. of a uh, lot of frustration out there after these coaching things that we'll talk about later. But yeah, there's my two traits. Yeah, there's also rumors that uh, McCollum could be traded as well uh, in return or uh, to differentiate yeah. from, from Lillard. So maybe He's Simmons one of those could guys be the, the, uh, the second man. Yeah. The thing, but, the, the thing with Daryl Morey, I should say before we wrap up, is similar to Danny Ainge in Boston. Like He never wants to lose. or No one wants to lose a trade, but Daryl Morey has very rarely lost a trade like he just mm. he's either like one step ahead of the league or he just happens to have the right you know connections or leverage or whatever it is but he's made a lot of good deals for the, the Rockets over the years he was there and very rarely came off on the losing end so that's one of the reasons I don't think that he's going to be diving into dealing Ben Simmons when his value is as, as low as it is right now yeah, he's a shrewd operator, so I don't. I, I reckon he'll get the most out of it, but uh, we shall wait and see, of mm. course. But uh, yeah, are you going to use this guitar now, or what are you doing? Sure. Are we going? <laughs> sure. All right. All right. And ladies and gentlemen, unplugged with John O'Peck. <laughs> you might have to mix this. I don't know how loud it's going to come through, but uh, let's see. I'm sorry. segment here is that it that's the that's the that's the jingle cool we'll, so, just, we'll cut that and use it in the snippets we'll use that as a segment fantastic so this is I'm sorry and this is the part where we apologise to someone in the NBA world that we have dissed or wronged or been unfair to over the 
course of hoop dreams. I know who I'm talking about. And uh, to start with, I'm going to say I'm sorry to my friend Devin Booker, who, uh, oh. you know, I uh, have been harsh on and I, at the time, and I still think my logic was sound, but uh, he opted out of Team USA. He uh, kind of wussed out of um, being double teamed at that scrimmage with Joakim Noah. And I said, this guy doesn't get it. He needs to get as much high energy pressure situations as possible because eventually the Suns will make the playoffs one day in the distant, distant future (laughs) and he won't know how to handle it. And boy, was I wrong because he has been stellar. He's been one of the most consistent performers of the playoffs and he's completely risen to the occasion. So uh, yeah, Devin Booker, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's 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 nice. Like he's definitely come up leaps and bounds. Like we were probably going to talk about the Suns coming on to the Clippers uh, series. We we just straight up forgot to mention it um, as we went through the trade meet. But yeah, currently three one up on the Clippers as a as of recording. Game five is tomorrow morning. Um, yeah. I I'm just I'm lost for words, boys. We are one game away from our first finals appearance since I was born. 93. That's, that's incredible. Can I suggest an apology for you, Tilby? Oh, I know. I already know. Like, <laughs> Let, I think let's you know, see. Let's I think James, you know who I'm going James to James Jones is the man I'm talking about. Well, I, I, I'm going to send... I'm going to say I'm sorry to uh, the point guard, Chris Paul. Yeah. Like it was coming. Like at the start of the season, I thought, "What are the Suns doing? Giving this aging point guard the amount of money he did, or, or whatever it was." I don't know. I didn't remember if it was a trade. Like I think we sent Ricky. Rubio it was a something. trade, and you were so angry. I've actually got the receipts here. <sighs> yeah, can I read it? Can, can I read this out? <laughs> yes. So the the tweet was screenshotted from Woj, and it was the deal sends Chris Paul and Abdel Nader to the Suns for Kelly Oubre, Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome. Jalen Leck or whatever and a 2022 first round pick sources tell ESPN and Tilby's comment on the uh, 18th of well sorry 17th of November was I'm effing furious <laughs> uh, let's trade away two of our best supporting pieces and a first round pick for a 35 year old with the worst contract in the league are you effing kidding me well look he did have a pretty bad contract <laughs> It's it's little that's that's fact. Yeah. So we can't we can't uh, dispute that. But and th- and then if I can go on, you said uh, the problem was I was hoping we'd make a run for DeRozan to slip in at small forward. You forgot about that, didn't you? Yes, I did. But but taking Paul's contract puts the brakes on that. And then I said uh, I think you'll enjoy the CP3 era. They'll definitely going to win more games than they would with DeRozan, and. Uh, can see Chris Paul making life a lot easier for Booker. I'm going to make a bold claim and say he'll be an all-star this season. Oh my God. So as much as I'm sorry, Booker, I I had your back in some way. <laughs> well, yes, look, Chris, if you're listening, you're definitely not. But uh, And James Jones. And James Jones. I'm sorry because, man, I am at this point right now where we could like there is still feasibly a good chance that we could go all the way. I I, I wouldn't be t- shocked. For the first time, 
I wouldn't be shocked if the Suns won the championship. I wouldn't know what I would do if we won the championship. <laughs> you need to get a Suns tattoo. Yeah, you would. I'm cons- I'll consider it. And it's nothing gotta- and nothing that's like huge like on my chest like book. Nah, you don't have to do that. Just on the arm <laughs> or the leg little, or something. The 90s um Phoenix Suns logo the on the like on the shoulder. Shooting sun yeah. or something. Yeah, I'll consider it. It's got a bit of that 2019 Raptors feel to it to be honest. Like the, not the fairy tale. A team that was like, okay, these guys did pretty well in the, you know, regular season. I wonder what they can do in the playoffs and not really expecting them to go that deep, but finding a way to make it happen. But you've yeah. just been so dominant. That's the thing. You know, like you are running teams off the court at the moment, sweeping teams and whatever else. Like, yeah, it's, it's got a bit of that Raptors flavor, but you guys are doing it a little more ease and a little bit more pizzazz with some of that uh, Booker shooting stroke. But it's, it's awesome to see. Like, I I could not give a rat's about the Suns being completely honest, but I'm enjoying the <laughs> heck out of watching them at the moment. Yeah. Like, I'm a neutral fan to every team that's still in the finals, but it's been great great watching as a fan and, and especially the Suns and just seeing the uh, the back and forth between Beverly and Jackson and Booker and you know all the jawing and the pushing and the the just the machismo that's getting thrown around there like I hate the Clippers so much like yeah, you guys know we, we should point out like I was at Brendan's house the, the day of game 6 between the Clippers and the Jazz and we thought okay Jazz are out to like a 25 point lead at you know half time neck minute like they came back roaring back Terrence Mann had the game of his life mm-hmm. and that's purely because I don't think the Jazz definitely set their defensive rotations they left that man open like forever I and he could have just easily stroked any sort of jump shot he made but he came out of nowhere 39 yeah. points that <laughs> I don't, game was I don't know who I'm most surprised by him or Cameron Payne <laughs> well yeah exactly like <laughs> these guys just but uh, coming yeah. out of woodworks. I mean, we. I think we've been lucky with the sort of injuries we've had. Like Booker's injury could have been a whole lot worse. He could have been out for a lot, a lot longer. Mm. Paul's COVID diagnosis or whatever positive test came at a really good time where he didn't miss too much of the action. Like we were still obviously in that really long break after we swept the Nuggets, so there was that time for him to at yeah. least get most of that out of the way. Like. It's Kawhi perfect... Leonard being hurt is very lucky. Yeah, it's well. the perfect storm, if if anything. Like, and sometimes that just happens in sport. And I think we're so far, knock on wood, we're still riding that perfect that perfect storm. We're riding that wave um, as far as we can go. Time will tell whether um, it ends. But yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And to to bring it all full circle, Chris Paul is very much responsible. So I'm sorry. <laughs> mm. Brendan, do you have any apologies or you've um, got a clear conscience? I don't know if I have a clear conscience. I just know I spit a lot of slander to many people, so it's hard to narrow it down to just one particular instance. That's the big thing. And I think most of the time my spicy takes are justified. Maybe, maybe I'm like partially sorry to play off P because I've been saying that he's a no-show for a while and, and he's really, really stepping up in this Suns, Suns clip series at the moment. He's a... Uh, mm. You know, he's playing like the star he's, that he is. Yeah. He's carrying what they've got. Like he's, they're not exactly winning games, but he's carrying them in those losses. I mean, he, yeah. could, he could have if he did nailed those uh Yeah, those the free shots. throws, which is crazy. But like, he's doing it on both ends of the floor. He's not just scoring. He's 
he's averaging i think something like 13 rebounds this series and then like six mm. or seven assists like he's he's doing everything on the court to to will this team to victory and hope yeah. that Kawhi might come back in the finals if they were to make it but um yeah so so playoff p i'm partially sorry i still think uh you're a bit of a turd burglar just like your whole team but uh <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll eat a little bit of pie. I'll have like great. a bite of humble oh, pie man. on that one. Great apology. <laughs> Calling yeah, him that a was turbo. such a. <laughs> the thing with that those free throws, like, it's very similar to KD's like airball three. There's the fatigue at the end of those games from yeah. just carrying the offense. It's not really a huge surprise that he missed those free throws. It was crazy though. It's crazy yeah. to, to lose a game on all that and then that crazy inbounds play that only a handful of the people value. actually knew the proper rule was. Like that was that was insanity. That was but crazy. That, that was, was insanity play. for yeah. our group chat because Tilby wasn't watching and he had no idea what was going well, on. I had I had no I had no way to watch. I was at work, my my KO like my KO yeah. wasn't working and I was like, What's happening? Uh, literally the time was like nine seconds for about 30 oh, seconds that, and then the review for, for that 30 took seconds. so long the refs didn't even know the rules do you, do you remember when tyson chandler did that inbound tip dunk like yeah. in 2017 jay triano knew that yeah. the old uh canadian boy exactly the same like not exactly same play but the same concept like yeah yeah same just style. dunk it there's yeah. no goaltending on offense from an inbound and like demarcus cousins wasn't even guarding the alley-oop it was yeah. ridiculous yeah it was Zubach it was um, Booker put the uh, the screen on Zubach everyone on Twitter was, Twitter was like you know Booker's had a really good game on offense but yeah that's a that's a, a Hall of Fame level you know screen there from a little guy on a big guy too Zubach is but no also slouch, though but... that pass from Crowder like it had to be inch perfect and he did yeah. it like it he's almost... like I could do this 99 times out of 100 like he was so like <laughs> casual about it but it yeah. was awesome to see I'm becoming a Jay Crowder watching fan. <laughs> Yeah, he's a he's a real like uh, he's our real like gritty piece for sure. He's like getting stuck in and getting under people's skin. I want him to whip them big giant thick like three dreads that he's got right into Beverly's face. Just break his nose, Wooshka. How is Boogie not knowing the rules for that? Obviously, but then also that when you try to miss a free throw, you have to hit the rim. Did you see that? (laughs) Yeah, that was in the last game. Yeah, like what a clown. Yeah, he's, anyway. he's washed. That's just the he's, Clippers, man. They're they're a bunch of buttheads. He's hoping we can. Uh, he's hoping we can get it done. But uh, I think it's time we we need to get a move on. Yeah. We need to uh, keep on rolling. Basketball bits. Because we've got a lot to talk about on basketball bits. The uh, weird and wonderful stories going on in basketball right now, and of course the lottery has happened this week. And all we could hear about in the in our uh, chat is of how the uh, Toronto Raptors secured the fourth spot. <laughs> in this year's uh, draft, of course, uh, Detroit managed to somehow snag the first round or the number one pick, I should say, um, and almost certainly will be drafting Cade Cunningham. But uh, yeah, what are we thinking, Brendan? We, we like our chances? Be still, my beating heart. My goodness. Outside of the Pistons moving up for the first time in history of that franchise, um, I'm very happy. Like, I've been, I've been preaching about the tank for a good long while and then I was preaching about we're going to move up in this lottery and I can't say that I willed it into existence but I feel I'm like 0.00001% of the reason why it's occurred and I'm going to take that little grain of salt and carry it in my pocket until the end of my days but I'm so happy um, 
because it's with this draft like I, I followed followed like the draft stuff pretty heavily and it's it's pretty much the the four players at the top are like in a clear tier of their own and then there's kuminga who's sort of the fifth guy that's sort of slightly under there debatable to slot in there so i'm happy to just take the best of what's what's left out of that top four so uh we've got Cade cunningham i think who's like a you know 99.9 percent chance lock to go one and then you've got evan mobley jalen green and then jalen suggs and their franchise cornerstone pieces all four of them and to have one of those after the season we've had i'm so ecstatic boys i'm so happy look at him jono he's beaming he's beaming who's gonna who's gonna be the best guy to slot in next to siakam if you see um siakam freddie and this rookie is kind of the future of of the raps so so the way those three players are so evan mobley is a seven footer that's traditionally would be slotting into that five plot which we've got a big hole for at the moment and then the other guys, Jalen Green is just this flamethrower instant offense shooting guard. So he could work in beside Lowry. Or Jalen Suggs is a six foot four point guard who can play on or off ball and work would work in beside Fred Van Vliet yeah. as well. So we're, we're pretty good. Like any one of those three players would slot straight into our team yeah. really, really easily. That's and that's really what good. I'm so happy about. Like we've got mm. weaknesses in the front and the backcourt and one of these rooks is just going to slide on in and uh yeah represent that t dot for the future and i'm so happy yeah so looking looking at the first round some interesting uh picks here and there of course uh orlando getting both five and eight as a result of the uh the vucevic trade john how are you feeling about that next question <laughs> no that's that's uh it's terrible i i was yeah. so like as it became clear that the Bulls were not going to make the playoffs or even the play-in tournament. I was just so annoyed at that trade. And, you know, it, I still think it was the right trade to make. I guess what I'm annoyed at is that they couldn't muster up the wins to, to scrape into the playoffs to at least have the playoff experience to say, oh, it was worth it. You know, we mm -hmm. gave up that draft pick, but, you know, we got our young guys some reps with the big lights on and the big crowds and the pressure of whether it's the play-in tournament or the actual playoffs. And instead, they're just, you know, gone fishing and not even getting a draft pick. Mm. It could be worse, though. We could be the Timberwolves who suck even worse than the Bulls and don't have a draft pick. Or you could yeah. be the Thunder, which makes me laugh because they were the blatant throw-in-the-towel tankers all year and they could have ended up with two top five picks with the Rockets pick mm. and their own and then they like in the top five and then they end up picking at the six spot. So sucked in. That's yeah, okay. They've got a million in. picks in the next yeah. five, ten years. <laughs> they've got they've got six, 16 and 18 in the first round alone. Mm. So I think they'll be good. But There's uh, also yeah. a possibility we could see some guys trading up, especially like you look at the Warriors have got Seven and fourteen. Seven and fourteen, and there's another. Who's in the magic? Obviously, they got five and eight. Uh, so I wonder if any of these guys are willing to bundle both of those picks to move up into like the top four or top three. This will be like one of the most interesting drafts for that, I think. Yeah, given especially yeah. how many like picks were traded throughout the year. And yeah. Even how many teams are doubling up in this uh, this first round alone? And the Rockets I'm... and Cavs have said that they're open to to moving down anyway. So yeah, we could see some movement at the top. 
and you see mm. you see how good the warriors are with obviously clay dre and uh and steph they've got that core that's ready to win a championship like tomorrow and probably not much use for rookies so i wonder whether there's a vet out there who you know whether it is like a cj mccollum or like a ben simmons so they can go we got draft picks we got a number whatever pick wiseman was like you want them because we don't need them um yeah exactly give us someone that can get us a championship right now because we're not getting any younger yeah you you, you've got to keep that balance though i feel but i think that they're, they're still young enough to to really sort of make the difference but I wanted to know where you guys think Josh Giddy is going to fall. I'm on the I'm on the Giddy bandwagon. You are, ladies and you are giddy, You're giddy. giddy. I'm Giddy with excitement. Giddy for he's, giddy. he's definitely going in the lottery. I could see him go at the anywhere from nine through to fourteen. But I think I think I'd like to see him end up at the Spurs at the twelve spot. I think they're picking. Yes, yeah, at twelve. Him mm. him under Pop. Yeah. I feel like would be an excellent yep. uh, tu- with Patty tutorial with Patty too. <laughs> show him around and Pat as yeah. well. Yeah, I wonder if um, the pre-draft workouts will be a big factor in figuring out where he goes, how he how he translates over to playing with the big boys because he came. Mm. He's coming out of the NBL, right? Not out yep. of yeah. college. So yep. that's yeah. a bit of an adjustment and a bit of an unknown. I think for those teams to be confident, like. It's probably in his favor, I'd say, that Lamelo went on to be Rookie of the Year. Um, yeah, but the thing is, well, like both Lamelo and RJ Hampton did. One, you know, one was obviously Rookie of the Year, which we'll talk about in a sec. But you know, Hampton probably wasn't at the sort of level that you know we would have expected. But you know, he hasn't looked too bad since he got traded to the Magic, though. Like he didn't get much burn at Denver, but now he's yeah. in Orlando. He's he's starting to to show some some potential there. Mm, for sure but uh yeah we shall see the uh well the draft lottery has been done and then when is the actual draft uh it's the 29th of july i think if my maths is correct okay, it's, it's about 30 time. something days away <laughs> yeah after the nice. nba finals yeah after my yeah. birthday so my birthday <laughs> present's gonna be uh top four pick excellent but uh yeah as we just mentioned of course lamello rookie of the year uh, yeah look <laughs> You I'm... lose. <laughs> Good day, sir. I lose. A... I lost eleven dollars. Oh yeah, exactly. You, you, you bet. <laughs> but I still have twenty-two cents in my sports bet account, which means I can still watch games. Yeah, well, there the you go. Price is <laughs> wrong, bitch. All right, get uh, off that's, that soundboard, Brendan. That's enough. They apply too accurately. Yes, but um, <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm. I don't think it was the right decision. I still think Anthony Edwards was. Yeah. King for it. He was he was right up there. But yeah. you know what the difference was? Not the flashy passes. I think the difference is that uh, the Timberwolves sucked and yeah. the Hornets didn't. Yeah, Look, I think that's the, the injury. The injury was the main thing for me. Obviously, you, you you don't play over a quarter of the season and you really sort of cast some doubts over yourself. But look, he he was just more of a a, a, a firebrand sort of player. He was very ex- exciting got the crowds going and especially those charlotte hornets announcers every single time he you know sneezes they're about to uh go off and go crazy but um yeah look i'm not a fan what do we think i think it's a coin toss like yeah there yeah. was games lost but you can't deny what he was putting on the court there like he was the the weekly espn top like he was the nightly top 10 highlight 
every time he was on the court doing some kind of crazy pass and yeah i'd i'd lean slightly towards edwards especially just for that poster alone poor old yuda getting getting immortalized but i get it like lamello came on strong where edwards sort of didn't do much for the first third of the season then really took off where lamello outside of that first maybe dozen games until got um, the starting position yeah until he got chucked into the starting lineup because that injury to the god the point guard's name escapes me now anyway rosier no nah, not rosier it was the other guy first the guy from last year that was yeah in i know who you're talking about but i can't remember his name <clears throat> i had Neither him in fanball <laughs> yeah anyway anyway yeah like so he once he was chucked in there he was consistent so maybe it was based off consistency plus the sizzle but i feel for you jp that 11 bucks could have uh could have bought you a couple of happy meals well it could have turned to 30 is the thing that's what it was oh, okay. that's the loss could have bought you plenty of happy meals then mm. yeah so but uh we move on to some off-season news that's been happening uh of course the blazers and mavs coaching jobs have been opened up um of course the mavericks said goodbye to rick carlisle he's now gone to the pacers which is a good move but we'll discuss that at a later time the blazers one is a little bit different um and for both of these hires, they've been looking at a couple of trusted names who've been, I guess, assistant coaches with a, a couple of successful teams. Um, of course, legends Jason Kidd and Chauncey Billups um, are either hired or are, are close to being hired uh, for the Mavs and the Blazers, respectively. This is an interesting one because we had heard a couple of days ago that Becky Hammond uh, was in line for, I believe, the Blazers job and mm. was in line to become... I think the first woman to coach an NBA team will be the head coach of an NBA mm -hmm. team ever. Um, and the story that's come out from USA Today um, that Jono's very kindly uh, posted in our document sort of chronicles how the off-court issues for both of these men probably tarnishes their uh, attempts at, at being hired again by these teams. Obviously, I think, um, you know, there's some abuse and and rape and other sort of nasty misdemeanors that sort of cloud both men um and especially one of the quotes where they were sort of dangling the name of becky hammond over the the blazers job to mm. sort of open that one up um and then just sort of backflip and go with with uh with chauncey billups sort of rubbed people the wrong way um what do we think about this what what do you think that these these indiscretions like and people are saying like these were years ago that no yeah. one knew about do you think these indiscretions coming up at this time does that ruin their chances does that cloud their ability to to coach in this league what what do you think happens from it's here it's such a difficult situation so jason kidd i think everyone kind of that follows basketball at least at the time knows that he had this issue with his wife he pled guilty to giving her a yeah. punch or it, it was her. 20 years ago yeah, as well exactly um and then the chauncey billups one is much less discussed and known about i had never heard this until yeah. today that apparently as a rookie he and another nba player were accused of uh, a rape or a sexual assault and settled prior to that you know going to court so no charges um, Chauncey Billups is a finals MVP, all-star, played for Team USA at World Championships, won a, a bunch of citizenship and sportsmanship awards in the NBA. So it's it, to me, it's come out of nowhere that there's all these people that are suddenly up in arms that he's been given this opportunity. 
and I totally understand it. Um, I totally understand how that's hurtful to people. The message that it sends. Um, there's a great Blazers Edge uh, blog post or article that quotes um, like there's little excerpts from five women who've been like victims of abuse and talked about how it makes them feel as Blazers fans to to know that they've got a coach that's been involved in this thing. Yeah. And I, I tweeted about this earlier today, um, just getting some thoughts out there, but I was like, okay, so this, th- these, both of these incidents happened 20 plus years ago. Both players have been allowed to continue their careers and had assistant coaching opportunities. And now they've been given like elevated Jason Kidd for like, he's coached previously on two teams and now getting hired for this Mavs job people in the context I guess of what's happened in the last few years with Me Too and everything there's like a different atmosphere Uh, the Mavs specifically came out and said we need to do better there's a terrible culture around our franchise um, in relation to the way women are treated so I guess with that context it makes sense that people aren't happy and asking for people to do better with these decisions but it, it's such a tough one because it's like, if at what point do people get second chances? At what point do people prove that they've changed? If Kobe Bryant was still with us, would people be saying, oh, he shouldn't be allowed to coach an NBA team because of what happened in Colorado? I think the difference could be that um, Billups has never like owned up to his involvement in this thing he's never because it was settled prior to court I guess he's never had to defend himself he's never had to say what I did was wrong but I've changed like he hasn't I guess been open about it or confronted the issue so I'm going to be really curious if he addresses I guess the backlash to his um, appointment as coach to see what happens but what do you guys think about this because I just find it really interesting the way that people are talking about it um, but also this whole concept of, uh, you know, should people be penalized for the rest of their life and the nuances of it? Yeah, I think um, I think for the vast majority of people, if you dig deep enough, you're going to find a couple of bodies. Like, you know, everyone comes from somewhere and there's varying levels of severity of things they might have done or might not have done. You know, no one, no one is perfect or, you know, very few are perfect, I should say. And especially in this world where celebrity or people with status you know they they can provide real or fake forgiveness and you know or, or like you know be be genuinely appalled in their actions or you know they've reflected upon it and they they're, they're going to be better and for the most part like with this social media society people go yeah okay you know the outrage is done let's move on like this is the talking point now but once these coaches slide into their roles and they start winning games or losing games, it's going to be forgotten about and they're going to be talking about something else. Like mm. it's an outrage right now and I don't know the full intricacies of what they did or didn't do or you know what was said or wasn't said, but yeah, like it's, it's shitty. Don't get me wrong. Like people need to be held accountable for their actions, but then at the same time, how much penance do they have to pay? Like, is it five years, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years? Like, when is it fine when people go, you know what? They've, they've done their time. They can have another crack. So it's, there isn't a, I don't think there is a cut and dry, yep, they're good now or no, they're not. Like people all 
you get like people carry these things differently you know people have different levels of passion and different levels of outrage for these things um so yeah like if if they've they've done their time they've uh you know they've they've paid their penance they've apologized and if they've genuinely worked on themselves to be better people and get this kind of crap out of their life and how they live good on them you know but if they're still dirtbags and doing this stuff in the background but they're just paying people off or just hasn't come out in the in the headlines yet you know go to hell you know hope you get (laughs) go to jail and get the crap beaten out of you every day for your life whatever you know like i i think they need to be held accountable but for these things that happened 20 odd years ago i think that's probably enough time for them to give them another go if they're genuinely a good person and are trying to to learn from their mistakes and and be better but we're never gonna know you know it's all just it's all just window dressing really like the media and the marketing spin that portland and, and dallas are going to do around these highs it's you know you know legendary nba players coming here to coach you know look at how prestigious they are and it's all going to be about their their highlights and their career moments and their trophies as opposed to who they are as a person so that's what they're going to be weighed on and remembered on ultimately which sucks because you know for us or at least for myself like i prefer to to weigh people on you know how they are as a person their their heart their head and stuff i don't care about all your all your accolades that could mean jack to me but that's not how the rest of the world works sadly they want the shizzle like we were talking about lamello being the rookie of the year they want the sizzle they want the highlights they want the pizzazz and that's what these types of hires do like Mm. it sucks but that's just the world we live in Mm. yeah like i think you sort of touched on it there it's like if they've genuinely made a concerted effort to i guess acknowledge their mistakes try and and be better with it like if let's say if if billups went and did you know courses you know on appropriate preventing, behaviors yeah. yeah appropriate behaviors preventing abuse and all that sort of stuff working with women and and sort of making a concerted effort to show that yes he he was wrong and what he did however long ago was was wrong and he's trying to be a better person for it then yeah i can i can personally say look he's done his he's done his due diligence he's owned up to his issues there's no reason why now he can't re-enter i guess the the societal you know stage and and coach a team again like obviously a fantastic player done his time as a coach but yeah that would for me personally that would be a big massive like gray mark or a black mark against his name if he was to do that like and someone brought up an excellent point on the article you know he walked away from that rape charge not i guess never really publicly admitting it what if you know he just gets to walk into a head coaching role in the nba and he is essentially center stage and and just gets to shake off whatever happened like it's nothing the victim of this now has to constantly see that person on the tv Mm. and have that live with them for the rest of their life how would you how would you think that makes them feel like so i I, it's it's a rocky road to sort of trek down um kids jason kids one is a little bit more cut and dry like 20 years ago you know he's done his time with that and if it was the same sort of thing like if he had been to those sorts of classes and showed that he tries to to be a better person it's a little bit different mm. but yeah it, it's such an interesting sort of period that we live in you sort of mentioned John, like the me too movement and, and time's up and, and all that sort of stuff and i'm all for that i'm all for you know us living in a more fair and equal world and i think that 
to sort of find that middle ground is always going to be difficult you know we're always going to have those these sorts of issues where it's like this person did this so many years ago but they've they've done their dues have they and can they come back into society so it's going to be all i'll say is the uh, the blazers and mavs social media teams are going to have an absolute <laughs> world yeah, of a time trying to uh, defend this one it's, but it's um, nuts like and like you you mentioned uh like billups and you know if he does these courses and if he's changed and admits that it's he's done wrong and whatever like the nuance with him is that that never happened because he was never charged he settled mm. out of court um it's I guess he would say it's like his word against hers. What, however, he would sum that up. He's yeah. never admitted to it, so it's possible. I don't know. It's possible nothing happened, or it's possible that he did a terrible thing and has gotten basically off scot free for his whole adult life, basically. And I guess that is where people have such an issue with elevating him at this particular time in history. Uh, to us you know in in light of especially becky hammond having an opportunity and they you know looked like they were going to go that direction and then it's almost like a slap in the face but man the the blazers fans at least that i know and have been reading about are not happy with neil olshay and he's been kind of unpopular as the gm there for a long time so i wonder if if this is the thing that gets him booted because lillard apparently isn't stoked about it either like he but he wanted jason kidd though that's the funny part yeah this is the funny thing he tweeted that uh you know he heard that billups and kidd were up for it and that'd be great and then someone hits him with oh what about these things and he's like well i was like three years old i, Seven, I, yeah, yeah, like I wasn't following old, the yeah. news like when i was a kid i didn't know these Which things happened true. like yeah it's true i didn't know chauncey billups did these things and kid like you hear the stories you know years later but uh, you, you can't blame Lillard for not knowing that at the time he, uh, you know, said that he was keen to, to get them in a, into the team. But uh, it looks like since then, I guess he, he may have changed his tune and, and might not be entirely happy with the direction there. The, the Mavs one's interesting because uh, <laughs> in another way, because Mark Cuban was kind of furious at Jason Kidd when he left the Mavs because... It was right after they won the championship and he went to the Knicks and I believe he said that he would never retire Jason Kidd's jersey number after that. Mm. Um, maybe he retires Kidd's jersey number now that he's going to be their coach. If, especially <laughs> if they're successful. That's the thing. Like that success and that sizzle <laughs> that, uh, you know, everything yeah. washes away over time when that kind of thing happens in, in the spotlight, which sucks, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, we we shall see what happens uh, with the season to come. But uh, let's let's kick it to a more happy note mm-hmm. um, as we get through this bumper episode, and uh, we're going to play a little bit of higher or lower with a, a little bit of a difference. I've uh, I've scoured Basketball Reference for a bunch of uh, stats and statistical leaders, and uh, I've picked out seven uh, categories um, that you can choose from. But what I will do is. Uh, Brendan, can you give me a number between one and seven? Three. Okay, so I've picked these from random. Three was rebounds. So <laughs> okay. this higher or lower is um, 
a, a number of players that I've picked for their rebounding total. So we, we, as we do for all of our cameo, higher or lower, we have to find the numerical value first, and then we go from there. Sound good? Sounds, sounds great. Yeah, fantastic. You know what else sounds good, Tilby? Because I don't think we're going to fit that in, are we? <laughs> nah. All we're kind of shooting well, from the hip with this. Well, exactly. Yeah. But um, all right. So the first play that you need to find a numerical value for is Minnesota big man Carl Anthony Towns. Are we just throwing so a number I, out there? Throw it out a number. It's in the closest to the value gets the first point. So how many rebounds he averages? No, the total. All of these are total. Oh, uh, so total the rebounds, rebounds. He's, he's taken in his whole career so far. No, this season. Oh, this, this is, is okay. season, season stats. Man, there's a I'm lot of it. math okay. happening here. You're making me do math. I, I got to work out how... 726. Okay, 726. Put that um, I'm going 720. I can't remember. My this, numbers. this is the thing. It's like I, I could have been a dog and said seven twenty-five, but um, <laughs> it's like well, I, all I did was twelve times um, like sixty or whatever. Like this yeah. is how many games he prob- may have played, or this is how many rebounds <laughs> I think he may have averaged. Well, uh, you, you didn't need to do it, Jono, but you still won anyway. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns has five hundred and twenty-nine. <laughs> wow, that's, that's pathetic. pathetic. How many that's games pathetic. did he play? I I haven't got. Got that in front of me, but um, I've just literally got a the few because that's that's <laughs> a all few games, not many. He played quite a few. Must have missed but, a few. Um, all right, so John is up <laughs> okay. um, as we move on to our next player, um, and it's your favorite player, John. It's Luka yeah, Doncic. Yeah. So higher or lower? Oh, rebounds and five twenty nine. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say higher than five twenty nine. Is that all I have to say? Yeah, higher yeah. or lower than five twenty. Higher, higher. Okay. J- just to be just to be abrasive, I'm going to say lower, but it's going to be close. It's going to be like five seventeen or something. Okay, so let me just. I think it's going to be higher, but I just want to be the chalk. Luka Doncic has five hundred and twenty-seven, so it's lower oh. by two. So that's that shows you how good of a, a player Luka's becoming. That's for sure. We move on. It is tied one all, and uh, we've got uh, Utah Jazz. Oh no, no, sorry, that's uh, coming next. We've got uh, San Antonio Spurs point guard, I should say, uh, Dejounte Murray. So higher or lower than five twenty-seven? Yes. Lower. lower. But it's going to be close. Way lower. I'm going with way lower. <laughs> he stuffs the stat sheet, little Dejounte. Yeah, so but I'm he's not averaging. Lower, he's not going to. He's not going to take more rebounds than Luca, like Mister Triple Double. Come on. Okay, so we, yeah, we're currently at 2-1 at the moment, I should say. Um, Dejounte Murray, so who's going higher? Who's we're going both lower? lower. Both lower? Yep. Uh, you're both correct. Uh, Dejounte Murray has 473. Okay, that's closer than I thought. All right, so <laughs> yeah, Jono is currently up 3-2. And uh, we move on. It is, of course, as I just said, Utah Jazz's Royce O'Neal. Lower than 470? 470, 473. 473 or higher than 473. What position does he play? He got a bit of burn. He was like a small forward or a power forward. I'm going to say higher, but by like 15. 
I'm going to say lower because I feel like he wouldn't have got anywhere near as many minutes. But what do I know? <laughs> and Royce O'Neill has 485. He is higher. Yes. So we are tied at three all. This is a good one. I'm enjoying this so far. <laughs> Let's keep it going. DeAndre Jordan. Lower. Lower. Because he played wow, that was sweet quick for, FA. Yeah. <laughs> quick from both of you. Yeah. But uh, yes, you're both correct. Uh, DeAndre Jordan had 427. Okay. That's a lot more, more than, than I, I thought. expected, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yeah. So some of these were actually surprising, I'll say that much. Uh, we are tied at four all for this one. And we move on to the Los Angeles Clippers, Ivica Zubac. Higher. F- higher than 427 or lower than 427? I'm going higher. He's got to have more than DeAndre Jordan. Did John, did DJ play more than I thought? Because they had, yeah. Maybe, like he's playing a lot of minutes in the playoffs and that's what's skewing my thoughts with Zubac at the moment. Remember, this is just regular mm. season stats. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Regular season. Yeah, I'll go higher as well. So you're both higher? Yep. Because Zubac was higher at 519. Okay. 519. So we've got... I, I only had nine in this one, so we've got four left to go. Right. So we are, But we are tied at five all. We need a winner, please. We need a winner. Okay. Okay, so we, uh, we move on once again, and we have another big man in the form of Jakob Pertl. Higher. Who does he play for now? Spurs. Lower. I don't think he played a lot of minutes, but I've been wrong before. He averaged just about a double-double, if I recall. Really? Yeah, Jakob Pertl is higher. Mm. There you go. He's at uh, 547. Jakob. So Brendan is up 6-5 on this one. And uh, we, someone's getting excited out there. We move on to the New Orleans Pelicans and Stephen Adams. Higher than, what is it, 520? Uh, 547. 547, Stephen Adams. The Pellies. Well, Zion was gobbling up a lot of boards. Ingram was probably getting some boards. Lower. I'm saying lower. I'm not going to take the sissy way out and then just piggyback off all your answers to victory. <laughs> I'm going to say higher just to make it a little bit more exciting. Well, you should have piggybacked because it's lower. Don't you want there to be a clear winner, <laughs> Tilby? I mean, I'm just he's just saying what he says. But uh, yeah, Stephen Adams, lower at 514. So they, yeah, that trade probably hurt him a little bit. But uh, now this, this gentleman here for our second last uh, player is a real rebounding machine so just warning you now John Collins well definitely. higher or lower than 514 is he trying to throw us off Brendan by saying that he's a rebounding machine yeah. no but he is he literally is I know like, so it seems really obvious he's been based in these this series at the moment too my gut with, uh, says higher but you going with higher? I'm going with higher. I got to close the gap, but I don't know. It depends. I think we're tied right now, aren't we? Or am I still no, up by you're one? You're up by one, I think. 
He's not no, even going to give us It's oh, tied. It's tied. Oh, sorry, it's tied. Yeah. It's six all at this point in time. Two players left. I'm, I'm going to go lower and it's going to be by like two less. But I probably balls it up and I've lost my lost my, lost my my lead or lost the tie. Okay, so you're going lower, Jono? Yeah, I said higher. I don't know how... He it's... had an average season, but he's been beast in the playoffs. I don't so know I'm how... I'm hoping it... that translates. I don't understand how it's tied. I thought I was down, but sure. <laughs> John Collins is lower <laughs> at 467. So Brendan... So he's not a rebounding machine. You well, lied. At least the stats. Stats don't lie, damn it. Yeah, the not, sta- a, good, the not stats- a good rebounding machine. It's it's uh, you know, it needs a service, that machine. The stats lie. Yes, exactly. But uh, last one, Brendan is up by one. And uh, we move on to Robert Covington. Covington at the Blazers. Is he higher or lower than 467? So Nurk was out for a while. Mello's about the only other guy with size on that team that plays a speck of D. What about um, Mr. Double Double? My old mate. From the Heat. What's his name? Whiteside? Yeah, is he still there? He's there. I'm. I'm going to say higher. At at the worst, I'm going to. I'm going to tie. Best, I'm going to win. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go higher just, just to uh, make it interesting. Yeah. So I have to okay. zig when he zags. I'm going lower. Okay. So Robert Covington, higher or lower than four sixty seven. Robert Covington has four hundred. And sixty six. Ah, oh. it is lower, so it is a tie. But play the music, Brendan. <laughs> Not that music. <laughs> I was, I was literally going to go to. I'm literally on basketball reference right now, and I would have got a tiebreaker for oh, you if you okay, wanted. Okay, let's do the tiebreaker. Let's All go right, for the so, gold. <laughs> let's, uh, let's find a rebound. We're literally doing this by the skin of our teeth at the moment. Do teeth have skin? No. That's no. why it's so thin. Maybe there is some like... It's the enamel. We'd say the enamel of our teeth. <laughs> All right. Here's here's one for you. Rashawn Holmes. Higher or lower than 466? Higher, baby, to the moon. Let's go. Holmes. I don't even remember him playing this year. Plays for the Kings. The Kings. Oh, I've got no idea. He could have grabbed. He could have averaged twelve for all I know. Did not watch a single Kings game. Are you going to go lower? So we at least I, get a yeah. Clear I'll have to go lower, but it, it's a coin flip for me anyway. So I'll just go lower. <laughs> Rashawn Holmes has five hundred and four. Boom. <laughs> Kudos. Cue the victory music. I traded yes. him and a bag of beans for Jimmy Butler in our fantasy league this year. What a scam. Yes, did. Um, for some clarification for you, um, for some plays that we had in there, Jakob Pertl, uh 16th overall in rebounds this season, above Carl Anthony Towns and Joel Embiid. There you go. So done pretty well. And above Carl Anthony Towns as well. So not, uh, not what bad. What are you doing, Towns? Uh, <laughs> 
And just for a bit of fun, the have a guess who the highest rebounding total was for a player that was not a uh, center or a power forward. Who got the highest? Who was not? Is it Kawhi not Leonard? Center. Um, Leonard? I will go with... Far out. Uh, oh, Butler. That's my two. Russell Westbrook's okay. coming to mind. He had all those oh, triple yeah, doubles. Oh, yeah, Mr. Triple Double, of course. But I think it's going to be someone else. I think it's... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I'll go with Russ. Yeah, it's yeah, Russ. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Russell Westbrook was seventh with 750 rebounds this season. Oh, that hero ball. Well done, yeah, Rusty. Absolutely. But, uh, of course, yeah, Rudy Gobert, top with 960. So... Uh, Bit of bit of stats to end your episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that was a lot of fun and a bumper episode of Hoop Dreams at that. And if you've uh, got any comments, questions, queries, concerns, or complaints, you can always do so with the hashtag Hoop Dreams, and you can always follow what we're doing as a whole at We Are Eight Bit. And if you want to support us as well, you can always do so on our Kofi page, ko-fi.com forward slash We Are Eight Bit. Brendan, what's in the works for people uh, supporting us on our uh, Kofi page? So many things. So mm. many early access podcasts. So many exclusive episodes from Is This Thing On? Uh, we've got some upcoming giveaways that are going to be Kofi exclusive once these subscription Ooh. tiers get triggered in the coming weeks from uh, Kofi directly. So uh, you'll have a couple of ways to support us there, ranging from $1 up until the 5 Maybe we go above that. Who knows? But uh, yeah, a couple of, couple of more easier... Uh, less heavy wallet uh, taxes coming on that Kofi but yeah plenty plenty of stuff on there you want to get immortalized on the uh, 8-Bit Family Portrait Star Wars edition you can do so or you can get a 8-Bit Founders coin for the low price of $20 AUD delivered anywhere on planet Earth excellent stuff and of course uh, in terms of our episodes we've also got the Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart spoiler cast coming out very very soon so uh, keep an eye out for that one in your podcast feed but uh, Brendan, where can people follow you on the social media? Follow me on Dem Socials at Brendan Eight Bits. Excellent stuff, and Jono. Yeah, you can catch me at Jono himself, and we might be back next week for a finals. It's uh, a good podcast. chance. We'll see <laughs> what happens uh, with that. But uh, yeah, go Bucks, I guess. <laughs> go Suns. Hey, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I haven't decided who I want. He's to so win. torn. He's so torn. I'm we, on the yeah, Suns we... wagon. I'm, I'm yeah. with you, Tilby. I'm a I'm a Choo-choo. honorary <laughs> Phoenix fan for the rest of this yes. year. Oh, so we'll we'll yeah. we may be back in some capacity next week to uh, preview the finals. Whoever makes it in, and of course you can always follow me at it's Tilby. But from me, Matt Tilby, Brendan White, and John O'Peck, it is goodbye for now. Take care. Keep dreaming. That was a big one, boys. Good hustle. I've got no lift in my jump shot anymore after that one. I'm tired. (laughs) I can barely make my free throw.